Hello and welcome to episode three of Running Gingerly. How are we doing, lads? Hey, we all right? made it. Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. Good stuff. I've already got off to a better start than last week. I don't know if you um, if you noticed last week, but I actually introduced the podcast wrong on episode two. I did notice that. <laughs> running ginger. I was I like, did. that's the point of it. It's running gingerly. It's a play on words. Oh no, that was a poor start. But to be fair, Kev, I don't think you can criticise. I mean, if you can manage to stay on the line for this entire episode, that would be quite helpful as well. Yeah, I did also think that because I was like, I created at the top of last episode going, oh, Kev, did you find your way to the thing? I was like, I'm not that bad. I don't get lost. And then two minutes later, oh, we've lost Kev. We've lost him. He's gone. Like, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did everyone I'm ever... working with amateurs. <laughs> I know, I know. Did everyone have a have a good week then? There was a few things on this week. Uh, we obviously had a nice shout out from the uh, British Ultra Podcast from Running Dan, which I don't know if you heard it, but it made me laugh a lot because he said, "Oh, you know the Irish lads who run your races." And James was like, "Who?" <laughs> but they got there in the end, which was nice. Um, so that was good. And then I think we all had a few things on this week. Chris, you were going to rumor on the street as you smashed your PB for the old one k. Is this true? Yeah, I. I think last time I tried to do it, I was just really tired and I didn't realise how tired I was. And then I went to do it last Tuesday and I went to do a bit of a 15-minute warm-up. And as soon as I started running, I was like, I feel as in this is going to be a good effort going out at, at it. And then um, yeah, I basically hit my top for, I think on the previous I was going for 2.54, um, a previous 57. And I finished my rep and I realised I'm in 2.48. So, uh, yeah, happy days. That's a good nine seconds off the PB, right, from what we were saying? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, and it wasn't wind-assisted or hill-assisted or anything like that. So, yeah, it shows that the, the speed work has been paying off in lockdown. Good stuff. And so Kev, 2.48 kilometre. Yeah. Tasty. Mm. And Kev, do you have any, any news from Daniel Gleeson? Is he uh, is he lined up, ready to go? Or are we still... Yeah, I haven't got back back to uh, me yet. Um, well, I did think there was another good shout-out we should have had for her red-haired ginger... Um, they're the same, aren't they? Our red-haired yeah. runners or athletics. I don't know how we forgot Greg Rutherford, seeing as you look identical to Greg Rutherford, Mark. Um, so he's, he's already on here, so it's fine. We're good. <laughs> Can I... Can I veto him? Why? Like I, I don't want to. I don't want to put a listener off in case he does listen, as he's one of our five listeners. I don't know what it is. He just he annoys me a little bit. Really? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I think it's because everything he does, he like he he builds himself up, and then he, I don't know, he gets injured or he fouls and things. I don't know I what mean, it he, is about him. Maybe I'm jealous. Yeah. Of, I mean, he has won the Olympics ginger and the World Championships, and possibly held. No, he didn't get a world record, but he certainly, you know. He's done all right for himself, hasn't he? Obviously, Kev, aside from that, I know for a fact that your week involved pretty much just trying to do our challenge from last week, which was, of course, the speed challenge, to see not how fast you go over a K, but just how fast you could go in any one second and break um, break the record. And the content I've seen from you, you look like Kipchoge taking breaking two. Uh, you had test, <laughs> test hills, different hills different outfits, you'd support crews. I mean, 
Laser. You were really going for this for a big song. I'm expecting a big number. We don't obviously know what everyone did yet, so we can mm. reveal it shortly. But um, yeah, that, that must have taken up most of your week, right? Trying to, trying to go as fast as you could. It did. It did. I went out. There was one day I really didn't sleep much the night before, and I went out and I went and found, I knew it was the biggest hill in the land. Uh, or at least nearby. In the land. In the land. <laughs> what are you doing? Up Nevis. Right. You went to Nevis for the speed <laughs> challenge. That's commitment. Jeez, sounding, more, sounding like Frodo Baggins <laughs> over there. Oh, the biggest hill in the land. Um, so, so you're up Nevis, yeah. And you found I was the... up there. Anyway, I, was, I, I, I ran up and down that a couple of times. To get it was funny because it was really windy that day. So I, I ran to the top and then ran down with my phone in the hand. And then I thought, oh, it'd be good to leave the phone here and run up and then run down. So I did that. And I got to within about 20 yards of the phone and then it blew over. So I put it there and went back up again and got halfway up and then blew over again and went down. And I was trying to wedge it in trees and I was trying to... Anyway, I went up and down the hill about four or five times and only got one um, real go at it. But it was good fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be very disappointed if you've not won this challenge. Um, I, I'm going to be very disappointed. I felt <laughs> I didn't give the gate a full dedication, the gate challenge we had the week before. Yeah. So I was determined to give this a go. So I only, but, had, one, I only had one go at this, because I know there's a hill near me that I thought, ah, that's quite quick. So I had one go at that. And I was pretty pleased with it. And I was pretty confident. And then I came back and I saw your videos and I was just like, oh, dear, I'm definitely not going to win this this week so i think chris you you put in a self-declared um three what did what did you do 318 or something yeah i think i did i made the schoolboy effort in doing it after my hail sprint session so my legs were a little bit tired i'm slightly concerned i wasn't able to stop as i was coming back <laughs> down from it um but it's just that bit. You're just massively out of control. And I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also, my hamstring was beginning to twinge. That was my, I was like, I don't really want to get injured doing a stupid challenge. But as soon as you've got your time, I reckon I'm probably second. So I'm just going to reveal my time, which I was pleased with, which was 3.08. I mean, that's like 19 point something miles an hour. So that's what I clocked. Kev, did you break three? Uh- I reckon you broke three. Well, I, I had two attempts, two real attempts. One is the video uh, where I've got terrible technique. I look like I'm clomping down the hill. Um, and that one, I didn't break three. That was 3.12, despite my going so I'm still full out. I'm still in the lead. Um, but then when I went to the biggest hill in the land, I did hit 2.53. <laughs> so that, that's, is, that's about 21 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> 21 miles an hour. That is impressive. Hats off. Uh, yeah, that's going to take some beat. Wow. Um, if, any, if anyone of our five listeners can beat 253, I'd love to see that. So that is ridiculously fast. But uh, well, there you go. You win the challenge this week. Good. Um, good. And the other thing, I, 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 did a, I did a couple of sets. I wasn't, unlike you, Kev, I wasn't just focusing on my speed challenge this week. I did, I did do a couple of other things, which was. Which was good. I did. I actually went out and did a uh, kind of two and a bit hour run of the weekend, and I did kind of forty minutes just plodding along, and then two sets of twenty minutes at effort, which was good, good training. But by far and away the best thing I saw. Um, this was obviously pre the slight lift in lockdown, but as I said in another part, I, I love running on golf courses when they're empty, uh, which you can't do anymore. It's, it's definitely dangerous these days. Uh, now that people are back, but I was running on a golf course last weekend and. 
I came across a family with two small kids all sitting in a bunker making sandcastles. Oh! oh. <laughs> I, it's one of those things in life. It's just like, that's just amazing. Like, I just wanted to go over if I could have, but I would have had to say two meters away and say, well done. This is what a golf course should be used for. <laughs> They'd obviously like, we can't get to the sea kids, but we can take it to some massive sand pit by a, by a green. So that was a, that was a highlight of that run. For sure. You're a genius. Yeah, yeah, it was great. I was all up for doing that with my kids, but then, as I said, it's a bit, it's a bit of a hazard now. People are back playing, but um... yeah, I think they get irritated <laughs> yeah, yeah, slightly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that that was good. But it was also I don't know if you lads were at the weekend or the last few days. It seems to have got like peak hazard season as well. So I was doing the slightly quicker tempo bits. And I swallowed a fly and then I had another one in my eye and then like my legs were in bits with nettles as well. It seems like, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I definitely identified with that. I've had a plenty in the last while of eyes and flies and stuff. And I, I think I, I, I mentioned I had the the triple threat of eyes, ears and mouth in one, one run, which was not good at all. <laughs> when it goes ears. in your mouth, the mouth... Is bad because you got the taste of the fly, and then the eye is bad because you're likely to run into things. But the ear, oh god, the ear was not good. Hang yeah. on, I, we, there must be four there because I definitely had one up my nose as well, and that was particularly bad. <laughs> that didn't come out one. until I came back and was in the shower. Was it? That was yeah. not good at all. I always remember when we were doing hill sprints once, um, and we were doing five <laughs> sprints to see who could do the most, and I think. I can't remember. I think you did win 3-2. I can't remember. But I remember you disputing one because you swallowed a fly halfway up and had to quit. And I was, yeah, that's just part of it. That's just one of the things you got to do, isn't it? Suck it up. I think that was exactly it. I think I'd won two and then you won one won where I swallowed the fly. And then you were pleased that you won the next one because it was like, yes, it wasn't fly assisted. <laughs> I did just beat him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyone else done it and interesting or seen anything else on their runs this week? Any other good sessions? No, I just uh, my my thing at the moment is what you do, and I'd like to to know from other people what they do. It's when you're running along, and a dog who's off the lead joins you. Now I really want a dog, so is it irresponsible if I just keep running and the <laughs> dog keeps running with me, and I just I just end up at home? Like at the moment, I've got forty two <laughs> dogs here, but like. Do you is it your responsibility to stop and like get the dog back? Should the owner speed up? Like, I don't really. I just basically continue, and if the dog can keep up with me, fair I play. normally stop. But yeah, it's a good point. I don't know what etiquette is. I mean, the dog the dog should be social distancing now, but he obviously hasn't got the memo. So you know, have we lost Kev again? Kev. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry about is that. that. You had one one rule this week. What was could you please stay on the podcast and not leave, even if it gets boring? I don't know why I disappeared. That was not me. Uh, that was my technology. I mean, it, def- it definitely was you. But it's fine. It's fine. We'll we'll, we'll carry on anyway. So, um, the uh, what we said we were going to talk about this week anyway, primarily was uh, hundred mile races. Um, our experience of them all. I think we said we were going to talk about first uh, our first ever hundred milers how we kind of train for them, uh, how they went, and what, if anything, did we learn from 100 milers? 
I don't know who to start with. Chris, you did yours was obviously South Downs a hundred not that long ago. It was it three two, three years ago now? That was uh what why did you why did you choose South Downs hundred or what was um I think you guys had done a centurion race, so it was about they're very well organized. I think that's what you want, especially when you go into your first hundred mile race. You don't want to be one where there are, you know, checkpoints limited and supplies are limited and the course isn't marked out. So I remember hearing Centurion's very well organized, which it is, they're great races. And timing was really important for me. So um I was still yeah. playing hockey at the time. Um and I needed enough time to finish a hockey season that my body recover from that and then go after training and you had to squeeze um, in you had to squeeze in probably 50 left myself. mile or 40 mile or something in your first was like qualification yeah i needed i needed to do my qualification race which was 50 so it was a pretty jam-packed couple of months for me it was good fun i like having a bit of time pressure on training um the 50 mile race was probably harder because yeah. it was such a shambles um it was remember. down in the yeah. west country i think I finished third or fourth. Um, everyone in the top six got lost because arrows were the wrong way. It was a shambles, but it was one of those you just needed to get done. But yeah, the 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 build up to it was good in the South Downs. But I think we touched on a previous week, the South Downs race. I couldn't recommend it anymore. Um, it was brilliant, brilliant day, brilliant weather, well organised, and it was a really smooth run for me. I think was I sort of. At the start line, I think Kev was with me at the start, and I remember thinking, "Shit, what have I signed myself up to? I've got to run a hundred miles. I've only done fifty miles. Is my furthest distance I've ever run. What have I got myself into?" But then once you get going, it's just—it's amazing. If you asked me to sit on the couch for twenty hours, I wouldn't be able to do it. But you're just like, right, yeah, I've got yeah. to get this done. It's funny, Let's isn't go it? because um, it's actually taking further. We, when me and Kev did it, I think the furthest we'd run is 44 miles on the trails when we took on our North Downs 100. And again, like it's, I remember going to work and just being like, how can I go to work? Like just sit on my arse all day at work, basically come home. And then I'm quite tired in the evening and that wouldn't even be halfway through what you're doing. And it's just like, you can't really get your head around it. And I think that's, that's definitely one of the hardest things in the training before any race is trying to get your head around like get mentally right that you're going to be moving for that long and how you yeah. do it. Um, I think that's that's definitely a challenge. I don't know what you felt, Kev, when you well, were I, I, training for your first I one. think back to when the idea first popped into our head. And I don't know if you remember, Mark, but the, our very first uh, ultra, which was like 33 miles and the looped course. Yeah, yeah, I remember we, it well. <laughs> we met this lad going around and he was asking us what we wanted to do and we were saying how oh, we were trying to do. Uh, 12 ultras in 2012 and we were planning our longest one would be I think 50 miles a road 50 miles a dingle and he was like ah if you can run 50 you can run 100 and I remember joking with you going that's terrible logic if you can run 50 you can't run yeah yeah you can't run 50 you can't I remember it's you at the end of that 50 miles on the road so it was 50 miles on the road it wasn't had a few uh, hills and stuff, but at the end of it, you turning to me and saying, "Remember how much it hurts. Make sure we never run a hundred miles." 
<laughs> yeah, I remember saying that after the one you mentioned last week, the Brecon Beacons one. That's about 40 miles. And I remember saying that the first time we did that as well. I go, just remember this pain because you don't want to be doing it. You don't want to be doubling that, doing it again. But I, I don't know what you, what you both think, but for me, definitely um, that fear factor of the first 100, because you don't know you can do it. That was like a major motivator in training. Like I... I I don't. I don't think me and Kev trained particularly smart. Or I. I think Chris, you definitely had a benefit of us having done a few and being able to kind of help you, a bit more useful on crew and stuff like that, maybe. But uh, I definitely like that unknown makes you train. Like I, we put in a lot of miles for that first hundred, Kev. Like more than probably we needed to. Not smart miles, but I think the fear factor is quite important. Like to get you. Yeah, I agree. Like oh, we were logging a lot of miles, but they weren't. They weren't tempo miles, speed miles, hill miles. They were just like, oh, I need to run for 10 miles today, or 15 miles today. But I think there is some value. There is some value in time in your feet because that's what you're going to have to do, right? Like, it's, you're going to have to get used to running tired. So I think there is some value in it. But um... I think the one thing for me, it is the fear of fact. Like, for me, it's the sacrifice everyone else gives up for you as well. So, you know, training for 100 miles, there's no short way of doing the draining and it's like actually when you're on the start you're like i I really don't want to drop out after 30 miles because i haven't done the training if you get injured on the race and you you have to drop out that that's a different thing but it's just like you don't want to be that person who goes into it quite nonchalant and say yeah i can do 100 and not put in the training miles and then other people have sacrificed things for you to be able to do it and then you're like 30 miles like i just haven't done the training yeah yeah so uh i did have my most funny one on my hundred when i i was had a niggle on my foot in the build up to it and i was like just give me a fair crack at it and then i was three miles in and my foot began to hurt and i was like oh no like done all the training people have sacrificed everything can't believe it like i just wanted a fair crack (laughs) then i realized type of shoe too tight I've had that with my calf before as well. <laughs> like, oh no, my shoelace. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a classic one. Would you say? Would you say you learnt much from a Chris, like from the hundred miler? I mean, because you haven't been. You obviously went back then this year, and we all did North Downs together. And I guess that was probably an easier, easier experience in the first one, was it? Or yeah, I, I definitely learned just about like my mental capacity as well. I think. South Downs, I probably was chasing, chasing times or chase, like I wanted to be in certain checkpoints at certain times, and I think I then learned is actually you need to race your own race, and we all race very differently. So when it came to North Downs, that's when actually I had my plan, and and that's what I wanted to do, and you you go off feel. Also, psychologically, you learn when you're going to have your ups and downs and what drags you out of that. I remember even just checkpoints are a big thing for me. And I remember in South Downs, I I couldn't remember when a checkpoint was coming up. And that psychologically nearly broke me. I think it was like going into 48 because I'd calculated Mm. things wrong. This time it was really simple. I knew that that could be a mental thing for me so i just had it on a laminated bit of paper where i just could take it out look my watch done and i was back in so it's i think physically training wise yeah there are always ways you can smarten up your training and and that comes with experience of what works and what doesn't the biggest thing for 100 mile is just learning how you will psychologically deal with with the race because that is what will get you to the finish line is if you can override yeah, your, I think your mind like if the one learned that like <laughs> 
I, I probably only had two learnings from my first hundred mile. I wouldn't say I learned much at all because uh, we carried on racing like idiots for another <laughs> few years after that. Me and Kev for sure, <laughs> just running with water bottles in our bag and giving ourselves massive bruises on the back before we realised that you could actually get like hydration vests. Um, but I like I definitely learned that like just that I could run a hundred mile, and the confidence that gives you and just knowing that you can do it is amazing. And um, the second thing I learned was that if you're going to play music in the night section, don't get it stuck on a Vici. Because um, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that particular night section. You, you were basically... Me and I think me and Kevin were just in such a zombie mode at that stage. I don't think we really realised. And I think you were like, for fuck's sake, lads, we've had this about seven... We've had the Vici song about seven times back to back. Whatever it was that was big in 2013. But, uh, um. Yeah, wake me up, wake me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I think you do. You, you definitely like just uh, learning that you can do it is oh. huge. Yeah, just knowing. No, I couldn't it. agree, and I think because I remember the night before, I didn't sleep at all, really at all. Maybe got fifteen minutes the night before. So you're standing on the start line, going, "I've run maybe forty-four miles on a trail or fifties on a road. I'm supposed to be running for a day, and I haven't slept." How on earth can you do it? And when you do it, you're like, wow, look at me. I, I, great. You think when you start the next race, you're like, hi, I got a few hours sleep. We'll be fine this time. <laughs> you definitely weren't going wow at the end, though, Kev. I mean, you were wrapped up in a foil blanket lying on the floor with some medics, I think, when you finished that first one. And uh, yeah, you were just attention seeking. I was just sat in a chair all by myself because everyone was overlooking after you. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I had, a, I had a very surreal finish. It was like, it's like a finish and then everyone was surrounding you and I was just sat in a chair. Well, that was the one <laughs> that, one of the things I, I'd i written down is that what I'd learned was, uh, you know, don't give up. Because in that race, at about mile, I don't know, 80, my calf was giving me real trouble. And like, I think if I'd been by myself without you, I might well have given up. Cause I was... And especially when you lack of sleep and everything, you think that there's something majorly wrong. You're going to break your leg or something. And I did have a weird bruise on it, but I hobbled for quite a bit that one. I couldn't lift my right right leg properly. I know. I just you had that section, didn't you, through the woods quite late on when you were just booting stones because you couldn't lift <laughs> yeah. your leg. Your toes must have been in bits. Yeah, there was a lot lot of sore toes. I remember. Uh, and we're lucky as well. I think we've I'd... all kind of crewed and paced each other's hundred miler, so we've probably at both sides of the uh, both sides of the coin. I'll always remember Chris, you telling me a story about on the hundred mile that me and Kev did when you were crewing us late on, and I was this as I said, we we just running with bottles in our bag, and I think I had a bottle of Lucasade in my hand I was running with, and I said to you, Chris, I want some Lucasade. And you were like, you have it in your hand. And I was like, no, 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 this is water. I want some Lucasade. And you just took it from me and then gave it back to me. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> I think that's it. You need to, one of the big things is having the right crew there. As in, there are very few people that I would put with me because you were going to come in to even 50 miles and you're going to be a state, let alone when you come out of 70, 80, 90 mile checkpoints. Most people would take me off the course. There's probably three people, which is you two and Claire, who I they're the only people that said, right, you need to stop, that I would actually believe you and stop. Whereas anyone else, they'd probably stop me five, six hours before. Having the right crew 
that you trust are really important. And I think we have that agreement, which is if one of us says it's time to stop, there's no questions you need to stop because we all yeah, know where yeah. each other's no, limits does. are. That, that definitely having, having a good crew is, is amazing. And I think, uh, yeah, we're def- definitely lucky from that point of view of, you know, all haven't had a bit of experience of it now, but I mean, if you go back to, if you were training for your first hundred mile, what would you say the best thing is that someone could do if they're trained? Would you say just get time in your feet? Would you say, because we, I remember Kev, we did, I don't know if it was good or not, but we did like double sessions where you go out in the morning and then you go out in the evening. So you're running tired and, yeah, what what would you say? Like, do you think it is just time in your feet for that first one? I'd say, like my last one that I did, I did a couple of doubles, so morning, evening, or evening, and then up early the next morning to do it. I think it's definitely time of feet, but also the biggest combination I had going into North Downs mm. was I rested, so I had big days, and then I didn't try run the next day. So if I did like. I don't know, a day where I did 25 miles South Downs, I then thought, well, I've got to go out and do like five, six miles the next day. And it's like, what benefits that? So I think it's big miles, but then also resting and eating the next day and just getting ready to go again. It's so easy in 100 miles just to be exhausted yeah, by the end yeah. of every week. But I think at some point you do just have to do it, right? So like, as you, you know, you, you, the things you learn from doing it make a huge difference. I mean, we went back to North Downs this year and you know we knocked just an hour or so off the off our previous time and it was actually three two or three miles further as well this time around um finishing the track and it just felt so much better because you just you know i think we ate much better i think we like kind of understood what we were doing and our pacing and everything else and yeah i think it's that experience yeah you can't you can't replace that experience of knowing what it's going to feel like and how you, you can deal with it and how you can get through i think that's um and actually just i think it's something you do build up over years i think that's maybe why you know you don't get that many really young ultra runners as well because i i, I think it, it does take a few years to kind of build up that resistance because you know after that first one i mean both me and Kev were, I don't know, I can't remember how you were, Chris, but like we were in a really bad way for several days. Um, I remember, Kev, you came back to our house and we basically had to lift you into the bath. And I think you just slept. Yeah, in the I, bath. I remember <laughs> like, the bath. I, I remember <laughs> thinking, I, I can't drown here. I was seriously afraid that I was going to drain the bath. I was going to fall asleep. Uh, so I did eventually get out, but I did think I was going to drown in that bath. And then I was. But really couldn't move for a few days. Like properly couldn't move for a few days. I think you just stayed at my house. We went. In, we walked into town, like into your little town, like a little ten minute walk to have a, a lunch or something a day or so later. And I got stuck there. I couldn't go back because my legs had stopped working. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Whereas this this year, this this time round, and and then, you know, it's not like we did anything much different. But you know, afterwards we just slept. In the, in the on the track where it was and then got the train back to london and then kind of train out from london and walked home and like yeah of course you're stiff and you're sore and whatever else but the difference was amazing yeah I and i i think that that that's certainly true and the the knowledge i don't think you can ever fully prepare for it i think sometimes as you say you just have to go for it and i remember thinking we've done 50 i don't think there's much value in going doing a 50 and then doing a 75 and then 100 if you're going to get punched in the face, you might as well just get punched in the face once and do your 100 mile. Take my um, take my Ironman technique, which was I'd never even done a triathlon like one of the sprint ones. I just went all in for the Ironman. 
I think that's just in 10 years your general approach on everything, it. isn't it? Like uh, you ran an ultra, I think, before you ran a marathon. I think you just, yeah, you, you are the uh, go big approach, aren't you? See what happens. And at some point you'll have run the furthest <laughs> yeah. you've ever run. I did learn my 100 mile, which is when I'm really tired. It'll probably go wrong at some point in my life, which is if I throw my head forward, gravity is going to have to kick in at some point. So I'm either going to go land flat on my head or my legs have to start moving. It's paid off till now. I'm just waiting for the day to come out of a checkpoint, throw my head forward, and I just land that, on my head. I think that's the time. That's definitely one, the one of the hardest things in 100 mile is getting going again. If you sat down at an aid station yeah. or you stopped somewhere, or in my case, if you've had to stop to vomit a lot, um, getting going again at the later you go is really hard and you do almost have to do that do you almost have to throw yourself forward just to get a bit of momentum and get and then once you get moving and you loosen up a bit again it's all right but that that yeah. stop starts thing is just yeah it's really tough it, to you always have a bit more energy left in you i was looking back at our record and at mile 98 in our first 100 mile we did an eight minute 55 second mile which at mile 98 is ridiculous but I think someone had overtaken us, or we were chasing somebody, and we put in a sub nine minute mile, mile ninety eight. So there is always something there. I feel we finished quite quick this year as well. We did. I feel we. I don't know what our stats were, but I, I remember, yeah, really getting a bit of a jog. And I remember Chris doing this because I was pacing you on the the end of your Southdowns one as well, coming down off that hill, and then I. I feel like we were really got moving again. Uh, I guess I think you get that little adrenaline burst, don't you, when you see the lights of home. And then bit where you just crash because I remember, I remember not wanting to know how close we were. Oh, and then, we, were we had walkie we talkies in my hundred. We were a super crew. <laughs> and as soon as we came into like the walkie talkie range, which was like half a kilometer, I could literally feel my body shutting down because it was like, right, you've done it. And I'm like, no, I've got five hundred meters. I don't know. And there was a woman on the bank. She was like. Oh, you're nearly there, like only half a kilometer to go. And I was like, oh my God, there's half a kilometer to <laughs> yeah. go. I've pressed the shutdown button already. Yeah. Any other uh, any other learnings, Kev, you'd have? I know one more for me is do not eat, try and eat peanut butter, oh, white yeah. bread peanut butter sandwiches on a hot day because you'll spend the next two hours trying to get them off the top of your mouth uh, <laughs> with zero nutritional value. Um, I think you will too. Make sure your uh, crew have organised their car transfers perfectly, because I think uh, Chris <laughs> and David. Yeah, that wasn't great. Crew the first time, Ex- accidentally they were switching between cars, so someone would drive and then they'd switch keys, and then the other person would drive and uh, they'd run and left the cars locked, the keys locked in one car, 20 miles back down the road or something. Yeah. And uh, our support car, which was driving us home, uh, was great, and they're really wonderful, but they had the heating on full, and I was too tired to tell them to turn it off, and I was just (laughs) lying in the back of the car sweating, going, this is hell, uh, for about half an hour before I realized that I knew the people who were driving the car, and I could say, turn down the heating, please. Um, and do, do you think you'll do one again? That's the old, the, the question, or you think you're done with them, or uh, I, I, what do you reckon? A few more? Yeah, I'll def- definitely do one again. Um, when, where, I'm not sure, but I'm definitely up for 100 miles again. It's a nice round yeah, thing to yeah. 100 miles, and it's it's such a big adventure. It's like, they've been some of the best days of my life. Yeah. 
such an adventure. You get emotions and experiences. I was going to say Centurion probably won't do any anymore after the success of their uh, virtual <laughs> runs. If seventeen hundred people signed up to a virtual run, why would you? Why would you? Why would you bother actually staging anything um, if you can just do a virtual one, which is incredible? Which probably brings us on to what we're doing next week. Are you, are you both signed up for uh, the Centurion virtual? ones at this stage i think kev yeah. you're going to get 100 miles yeah, you're going to have signed up for the 100 mile, mile. i i uh, having said it's great to run 100 miles in a day i'm going to take a bit longer i'm going to do it by, i don't know 20 miles i might try a big one maybe 40 miles the first day and then do some 20 but we'll see but i'm trying to do 100 miles that week so should be doable i saved up a few podcasts yeah looking forward to it good christy are you uh getting involved uh, yeah, I need to actually sign up. I think I'm going to do the uh, Michael Dublé and I'm going to do the 5K one, see see where I can get the leaderboard there. And then I might sign up and do uh, do one of the longer ones for a yeah. sort of the week, the week's training to see what I can see what I can rack up. But yeah, I want to nice. do the um, 5K. I haven't signed up yet because I really want to do the 100, but I actually, with working kids, there's no way I can I'd have the time to do that. But if Kev, you're doing 100 and Chris, you're doing five. Maybe I should just go 50. Do, do the 50. I can do the 51. That's not a bother. Yeah. So. There we go. Maybe I'll do that. What are you hoping for 5K then? 17 minutes? Quicker? I don't know. Uh, yeah, around that. Um, I don't know what. I should probably know what like my 5K PBs and stuff is. But yeah, it should be be in around mm. 17 minutes probably well, yeah I, I'll, I'll try and do the, I, can, I figure I can do a 50 week that's not but yeah 100 miles having said yeah, it's much easier for me to do 100 miles in a day than 100 miles in a week just in terms of trying to plan it and do it but um, yeah any other plans for the week ahead uh, well I'm leading up to that I'll rest up but I think that, that's it I, I think I do have a challenge for the week now that we've had two challenges, which is Chris, you're gonna to have to try and win this one now. You're bottom of the leaderboard, um, with one win for me and one for Kev. Um, but I was thinking because I've seen a few this week and I've never tried to do this, it, bodes well. But best, best picture on like your Strava or Sunto map, you know, the way like you can just actually draw a picture if you uh, there's someone on Strava, oh, I can't remember her name now, but she uh, she basically she's called like. Claire Dick pick or something like that, and she basically draws um, penises on her runs. So I tried to, uh, I tried to do it the other week, and actually, you have to zoom in on my map, but you can definitely see it. Um, so I'll probably give you a hint. I was going to say how small is it, but this shit. seems inappropriate. Basically, you need a big field somewhere, don't you, or a decent sized field that you can do it on. The the, the best the best one I've seen uh, contemporary uh, humor at the moment was somebody who managed to write Karen you're on mute which I thought was quite funny for for the for the times that we're in at very the moment. Uh, yeah yeah so yeah there you go that's the challenge for the week you can make it as random or as uh, as creative as you like but yes we'll go with best Strava pick or uh, map pick and then we can get the get the pictures and the results okay, on the I'm gram. Go yeah, look we'll at see. my maps to try and plan this. People are going to think I'm mad and, um, just running round in circles in a giant field. Yeah. That's no as different a, as, to what you do. Yeah, I was going to say, as opposed to, as you've declared on the pod, running with no top but just a carrot through a field of wheat. Um, I'm not sure you're going to look any madder doing this. Yeah. I think you'd be all right. I was thinking um, for next week as well, so you can have a little think about it. I thought we should have a chat about bucket list runs and races so what are your dream races left that you'd like to do or runs where you'd yeah. like to run 
No, I can have a, a little chat through them. I thought that'd be pretty good one. Um, but yeah, until then, I guess we should uh, wrap it up and um, say stay safe and train hard for another week. Thanks, Sounds good. good. Take care. See you later. Bye.